And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that couple shouting, it's Stainer and Jay. It's Stainer and Jay. All right, welcome into the latest edition here that podcast growling. Paul Eater Jr., Jay Morrison of The Athletic here with you on the walkout on a day where the Bengals beat the Carolina Panthers 42 to 21 in a game that was undeniably not that close. Joe Burrow and many of his starter buddies hanging out with uh, hats and, and hand pounds and (laughs) jokes for really the entire fourth quarter. Uh, on a game that they dominated the first half in a way that I don't think I've seen a team dominate a half before, certainly not in this building. And we've seen some, and we've seen some domination of the Bengals in this building in the past. I don't think I've seen anything quite as um, just overwhelming as that. Yeah, I mean, it was both sides. We've seen them jump off the fast starts, but then the defense gives up some points too, and it turns into a shootout. That was that was something totally different. I mean, 35 first-half points, and the Carolina Panthers have 32 first-half yards. I mean, that about says it all right there. They just they throttled them and got an early start on their bye week. Yeah, they did. And – the Panthers in the first half had one first down <laughs> by penalty. Yes. I mean, they, 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 could, they were turning the ball over. They couldn't get a first down. They couldn't move the ball or anything. And meanwhile, the Bengals were just physically imposing their will on the Panthers. We have a lot to get to in this game, about this game. A lot of it's going to center on Joe Mixon. He's the story of the day. The story of the day here in Cincinnati after being the story of the week in Cincinnati, the story of the last month maybe in Cincinnati. Um, For the first time in his career, the object of very intense criticism here. And he came out with arguably the best game of his career. Um, Tyler Boyd said, that's the craziest. That's the craziest game I've ever seen from Joe Mix ever. (laughs) And – that was sort of the thing you heard throughout there was the reminder that uh, he's still that dude. He's still that guy. Because let's be real, by the way he played, by the way the numbers summed up how he played, we have documented this for a long time now here on this podcast. There was a big reason to believe he could ever do anything that resembles what he did today again. When you consider who he has been this year and wondering if it was off the cliff time for Joe Mixon's career in year six. And um, that was a very, very welcome sight for the Bengals, their offense, their chances of surviving without Jamar Chase 
and thriving once he returns against the league's best. Yeah, and it was so much of the attention in this fantasy world is going to be on the five touchdowns. This was way more than that. This was an explosion from Joe Mixon that we just, you haven't seen. And hitting the holes, the holes being there, first of all, something that we haven't seen a whole lot of. They were there. He hit them in a hurry. He got in space. He ran guys over. He made guys miss. He looked like the young Joe Mixon. And you, they, people talk about how much they feed off his energy. I think he feeds off of his own energy. And once you get off to that kind of start, especially coming off such a bad game Monday night, eight carries, 27 yards, all these questions. They say they don't listen to social media. They do. People asking, thinking he's washed up, he's lost a step. I'm sure that eats at those guys. And this was – this just – take the touchdowns out of it. Just what he did between the end zones was so impressive and, and so unlike really anything that we'd seen in, in a while. You know – in the whole season, he had three touchdowns. He gets five today, mm-hmm. right? In of rushes of at least or play, excuse me, plays of at least fifteen plus yards, explosiveness you need out of a star like that. He had three of those all season. Four today. <laughs> I mean, his efficiency, his offensive rush percentage of, of successful runs. For the season, thirty five percent, seventy three percent today. He was racking up yards of, you know, rushes of at least eight yards. I mean, big, consistent runs, first downs that got nine, nine, eight. He had seven rushes of at least nine yards today. He had 11 all season coming into the game. This is just a guy who had not provided. This is so out of nowhere. (laughs) And here's the thing. You'd have thought this would have been last week yeah. against the Browns defense that was dead last in the league in EPA allowed on rushes. I mean, had been run on by absolutely everybody. They tried to center a little bit of the game plan around him early last week, and he couldn't break a tackle. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do anything. Couldn't find any explosiveness. So they had to abandon it. That and the score caused it to be 20% rushes last week, which we talked about uh, on the podcast. Carolina, you know who is number one entering this week in defensive rush EPA? The Carolina Panthers. And they're top 10 in success percentage defense. All these, this was not a bad rough for all that's been wrong with them this year. Their run defense actually hasn't really been a big deal. And it has certainly never looked anything like this. And that to me is one of the most encouraging aspects of this because. For the Bengals to survive the attrition they're seeing and the schedule that's in front of them and so much it's about, this really has to be a big – they have to be able to win games like this when the matchup dictates it. Lean into a game plan and know that mixing can be explosive and efficient and the run game can carry them where that's the best way to go win a game. They have not proven they've been able to do that to this point. The fact they did this today really is a re-energized hope for what the second half of their season could potentially be offensively in, in particular. Yeah, because, I mean, this wasn't a case of they can't throw the ball, so they're going to have to. They did whatever they wanted. I mean, Joe Burrow had a great game. He was hitting guys all over the place. What do he have? Five incompletions in the entire game? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that it, they didn't have to have that kind of game from Joe Mixon today, but they they got it, and it it means so much because you're right. When there are going to be games where teams are going to sell out to stop the pass, and they're gonna have to run it, and you know until today. I think you wondered, could they do that if they had to? We, we've seen them do, go for the more efficient approach and just trying to get four or five on first down and make the manageable second and thirds. That's one thing. But to have Joe, Bur- to have Joe Mixon just put the team on his back and, and do what he did today, that's, that's going to go a long way after the bye because we saw it last year. It was the first game after the bye, and they went in with that game plan just keep running, just keep pounding, the dam's going to break. There's going to be games like that that they're going to have to grind it out. And you wondered, could they do it? Now, I, I don't know you say you definitely know they can, but you know it's possible. Um, this this O-line, it wasn't all mixing. This O-line really did open some big holes today and probably had their best game of the year. They, Burrow got sacked once. Brandon Allen got sacked once. Just everything clicked. There's a um – little scene that the Bengals tweeted out from the sideline. It's Burrow, and I'm not actually sure who he was talking to. I'm going to assume Joe Mixon. But he just said, he's caught saying, if, look, if we, we run the ball like this, we run the ball like this, we can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. It was very reminiscent of the Baltimore game last year when he said, we, 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 can, we win this, we can, we can win this division, we can, we can win the whole thing. Yep. And and I, you know, it's it, there's a realization in that that it has been what has been undeniably missing for them so so much. The other part about it is the way they ran it was different. It was diverse. You know, they ran a couple of jet sweeps to Trent Taylor. They were doing more pin pull stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just kind of the same. Okay, shotgun downhill, trying not to get a negative run. I mean, they they basically had turned the run the running game into. Just don't screw it up. Just keep it on down, good down in distance. Well, now it, it needed to be one that could take over a game, that could provide explosives, not have so much pressure on the passing game to provide those. And I think you saw that a little bit more today, them trying more stuff, doing different things, and finding ways to make that successful. And that was something that Mixon said after the game, which I want to get more into uh, here about – Look, he kept, he called it. You know, he kept saying, that, you know, Zach. He, he kept dialing him up. He kept dialing up, and that was he stayed true to it. He stayed true. We had a running game today. Mm. He's he emphasized the word game, not just a few runs here and there because you have to to keep them honest. An actual running game, a plan that was focused around it. The other side of this is what high haters, right? It's it's everybody's been talking trash about Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. Everybody and. You know, more Chris Evans hive has been just out, right? I mean, they are they, – if, if Mixon can't break a tackle, put in Chris Evans, do something, do anything. This guy can't do anything. He's washed, right? And the stats all back this up. This has been part of, you know, the, a big storyline of this year. And he said, you know, the last couple of weeks I've had to sort of go and be there with my friends – my family, have people I can talk to to help me through tough times. And that really helped carry him through to believe in. And he said at one point when asked if he had something to prove to all those people, I just had to prove that I'm still that back, you know. And it wasn't him doubting himself. 
But you could sense it was saying like that that is what today was about in a lot of ways. It was not about the haters necessarily. And he pointed out, I asked him specifically, like, how much of that have you heard? Do you hear it? Is it motivating you? And he said, you know, I'm off social media, which I don't know, believe because like. I, I have like a an Instagram burner where I follow all the Bengals and stuff like that, and like every like three three days, it's Joe Mixon has gone live. So I don't I don't know if he's totally actually off social media. However, uh, he, he says he is enough, or, or staying away from it some. And but he said, you know, yeah, my teammates come up to me, and they're like, bro, they're saying this about you. They're saying this. You got You got to put that shit away. Is what he said. You got to make that. That's what they tell me. Put it away. Don't worry about that. We got your back. And but he's still hearing it. So after he did specifically mention how he felt like he played a complete game in pass protection today, <laughs> what he was criticized by Brian Callahan yeah. uh, for. And he specifically came out and talked about Brian Callahan coming in, basically pissed off to the Saturday meeting, he said he had an edge to him and he loved it. And he was getting after us. Um, about as a whole, running game, everything, not being good enough and the need to come out and be physical and be better. And it helped everybody really respond to that. You know, I think there was some real talk happening behind the scenes with Joe Mixon lately mm-hmm. with the staff, with himself, as he said. I mean, dealing with all this, it's been going on. And I think he was motivated by at least what he is hearing by it. I mean, Brian said that. Like, I asked Brian about the pass pro, and, and he, you said it. He criticized him, and then he said, this isn't anything I haven't already told Joe. He's heard yeah. it all. So, yes, it's that. It's what the coaches are saying. It's what the, fan, the fans are saying. It was, I mean, there's no way you can't hear that stuff. And I don't know that he was doubting himself, but I think – he might have been in that camp of doubting whether the opportunities would be there because we know how much Zach likes to throw the ball. And he's, he's thinking, I know I can do it, but are they going to give me the chance? Am I going to get that chance to prove it? And today he got the chance and he cashed in on it. And this, it just, it, it's hard to put into words how much this win means. Yes. People are going to say it's the Panthers. They were two and six Bengals have beaten up on a bad NFC South division, but you, we talked about it on the pod. They they could not go into this bye week four and five. Mm-hmm. And even if this was a scratch it out close game, they would have felt good. But this is totally different. Like you you could just feel kind of the release from some of the guys talking to him in there after the game where this is this was really a big deal. This feels almost like the the post bye win against the Raiders last year, this one going into the bye. There's just there's those moments in a season where they're just milepost moments that, that really mean a little bit more than other times. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream direct TV satellite free. You see this? 
this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The response from Monday, you know, their ability to take mm-hmm. Monday, not let it, you know, there was, I, I think it was Burrow said, or maybe Mixon who said, it's just, it was nice. You go in there and there's, there's no hanging heads all week and it makes you feel better about everything. And, and Zach Taylor's mentioned a few times, like it felt like they knew exactly what happened in Cleveland, how it got away. Just, that's just what happened in the game. And it didn't, it didn't. And one, it was easy thing to figure out and understand that they're they're not in that bad tr- of trouble. It was just the way one game went, and that's fine. And they are zero and three in division and five and one against everybody else. And they do still have a lot of proving themselves to do. They are going to have to win a lot of really tough games down the stretch. But playing the way they did today with a little bit more of that physicality. You know, we joked <laughs> we're walking back from the bubble on Friday after their little walkthrough practice. And the joke we were making was like, well, if the Bengals lose to Carolina, you know what the, the column is? It's going to say, Dana Jr., Cohen, knockdown bubble, making Bengals soft, <laughs> right? Because it's like it, these knocks are out of here because they can't be physical. They're not running yeah. the ball. They're turning into this RPO finesse thing. They're in, the, they're in the bubble every Friday. You know Mike's not liking that, Mike Brown. And so it's like you know, they, it felt like they needed a game like this. To prove it, to remind them of what it can be like. Jesse Bates had a great comment about after the game. It's when Burrow's doing his thing, like it's great and it's Mm -hmm. like exciting. But when Mixon is the one that gets it going, it really does reverberate throughout the entire team of all phases because the way he gives breaks, you know, and to the defense, the the way it just just feels different, the energy that comes from that, the demoralizing nature of that feels that way. And I thought that was an interesting point. Um, from Jesse, and you're right. I mean, the Bengals certainly did need it to look like that. I thought it was interesting too what Jesse said because a lot that Monday's loss was bad. Everyone knows that, and a lot of coaches, a lot of old school coaches, would have been okay. I'm going to make these guys pay, and I'm going to make them know that that's not acceptable, and, and work their asses off during the week. And Zach did the exact opposite. They were in the bubble on Wednesday. Their normal heavy day, they were in the bubble. They only had a walkthrough, and and Jesse talked about how much that meant that, you know, Zach knows how to take care of these guys. And it was, you don't get that sense of panic or punishment for, for such a bad outing. Everyone knew what Monday was. Everyone was, they talked about the bad taste in their mouth. And Joe Burrow talked about there's no joy this week in the locker room. But it wasn't, there was never that, that sense of, uh-oh, we could be going down the wrong road. It was just get it fixed, and get back on track. The Bagels have done a good job this year of playing pissed off as a way of recovering and sort of looking that way. You know, we've seen that after some of their losses where they've taken on a lot of heat, particularly these prime time like the Ravens after the Mm -hmm. Ravens game and, and, you know, where a lot of people have been down on them. They've, they've had a way of kind of coming out and jumping on people. Um, And, and that's, maybe something that they need to bottle as they go forward and, and find a way to, to play that card. Um, the other side of this, you know, defensively, this was going to be a big game. We never, I feel like we didn't even really get a chance to judge Cam Taylor, Britt, 
Uh, you had Jalen Davis out there for Mike Hilton, who had the finger injury that kept him out. Um, you know, you had Eli Apple still out there. But because P.J. Walker was so limited and really looked poor, they get two turnovers. Bates with the with the interception as well. You know, you. I, it's hard to really know. Like the the judgment day on those guys, and and we'll see how long it is till Hilton comes back. But on guys like Cam Taylor Britt and Dax Hill went out with a shoulder injury that we'll have to track as that room continues to get even more decimated. Um, is gonna come, you know, and it's it's gonna come in a couple of weeks because now you're five and four. You got to go play a Steelers team that they better hope they go beat. It's a similar feel to this week, mm-hmm. right? I mean, coming out of the bye, the division thing hanging over your head. Steelers are trash, and they beat you here because you turned it over five times, and you still should have won the game. You got to go and find a way to win that, and you're sitting at six and four, and you're facing that stretch, and you're right there in the mix. Um, but that defense then will start to see. You know, Mahomes and Allen and Deshaun Watson and Tom Brady, if he can ever figure it out. And in all these, that's when we're going to see how it it goes. And I think that ties back into the way today's game went offensively is they're going to have to win games sometimes running the ball to keep the other team's quarterback off the field, shortening the game a little bit and finding a way to do that because they are going to have to make up for a defense that's missing some pieces. They hope to get TJ reader back soon and offensively they hope to get chase back soon, but it's still, you know, they're going to have, they're going to need it to need stuff to look like it did today to make up for some of the things defensively that maybe will play out. Who knows? Maybe, Maybe this the defense has more great games like they had today, uh, but I think the way it went and Carolina looking so poor, uh, it's hard. It was hard to make a real judgment on some of the new pieces and things you had going on uh, in the secondary, in particular. Yeah, because I mean, we know what Carolina—they're like like Atlanta. They want to run the ball. They once the Bengals got them down by so much that really compromised what they wanted to do. But it is still an offense that. Scored 30-some points last week and went over 400 yards. They've got playmakers over there, and, and you're down Reed or you're down Chidobe, you're down Hilton, and those uh, they did a good job. I mean, how, how much better of a job can you do than giving up one first down by penalty and 32 yards and no points in the first half? That's just that's what they talk about all the time, the complimentary football. And it was special teams wasn't great today. McPherson missed another kick. Kevin Huber had a another really short punt, but offensively and defensively, they were just so in sync with each other that that was maybe the most complete effort that, that I can remember seeing in a long time from this team. And, uh, you know, now you have a team who has a, a couple of blowouts, and they still got one more NFC South game left, so good for them uh, to try to take advantage of this going forward. But for now um, – they hit the bye in a pretty good spot in an AFC that continues to be upside down. The Bills lose to the Jets. Um, you know, you, you've got a bunch of, you know, the middle just keeps, especially, you know, the Bills and the Chiefs have sort of been thought to be on this other tier. You have a game, a day where the Bills kind of get knocked down a bit and, and show that they're a little more human. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you just, it all can kind of come back to the middle and have you feeling better. Week to week league, man. Week to week league. Bury somebody one week whether it's Joe Mixon or the Bengals as a whole, and then you see him rise up the next week and everybody feels good when they take their little break. Um, 
it's it's this this the emotions we talked a little bit this week i wrote about the emotions of the season and how hard it is to deal with. There's been such highs and lows. Mm. Um, and they all kept talking about how they really felt like this is really what has helped set them apart is the locker room is so even keeled. It follows Joe Burrow's personality and lead in that way. It doesn't freak out They're All that the leadership part of that has always been one of the strongest parts of their entire team. It, it helped them, get through some stuff last year too. And I think you've seen that as we said, maybe playing pissed off, I said, but I mean, really handling weeks like this one is really kind of where, why you pay number nine, what you pay him and why you surround him with some of the solid leaders that, that they have done here. And that's kudos to everybody. That's to, you know, Zach Taylor, his staff, the, the players, everybody for bouncing back. And because like we said, it would have been ugly yeah. for the next few weeks if it wouldn't have looked like this today. Instead, uh, send, they send them home happy, and everybody feels a little bit better for the second half of the season. All right. Much more to get to. Like you mentioned, Evan McPherson misses another kick. He's got a couple of bad days. We're going to see what happens with Kevin Huber over the bye. Um, you know, he's had just a number of games in a row now with a kick that isn't good enough. And when Drew Crispin's still here, it does feel like at the bye could be a chance where you maybe see them try to make a move and move on to Crispin. There's going to be other self-scouts that they're going to do. We'll have plenty of the write about that as they head into uh, the bye week. And then uh, this still currently a Sunday night game against Pittsburgh. <laughs> they would have to decide the deadline to maybe deflex that out would be uh, Tuesday. So we'll see if they decide to do that or if the way the Bengals play today kind of keeps them uh, in the conversation and not wanting to take them out of it. We shall see with all that and we'll have it all. So thanks everybody for listening uh, to the walkout. We'll be back on Tuesday, a little later on Tuesday, because the schedule is a little wonky this week, but we're still recording on Tuesday. So come check us out then. We'll have the uh, regular pods and some other special stuff for you. So keep an eye out for all of that. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.